0: You're listening to BuddhistGeeks.com. August 20th, 2007. Episode 33 Lacking Leadership, Lacking Conceptuality. In our final segment, speaking with Hokai Sobal and Daniel Ingram, the conversation wraps up with a criticism of what is missing from some of the Buddhist leadership in the West. Hokai and Daniel also talk about the issues surrounding conceptuality and non conceptuality. This is part three of a three part series. This episode of Buddhist Geeks is sponsored by the Do No Harm Movement. To find out more about the Do No Harm Movement and to receive a free Do No Harm bumper sticker and wristband, please visit www.donoharm.us.
1: There is this influence of Asian teachers also, uh, which I will be very frank and clear about it. There is a tradition in Asian countries not to talk about personal uh, attainments.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, it's a it's a cultural thing. It has nothing to do whatsoever with Buddhism, right? It's a cultural thing. It has nothing to do with the core teachings of the Buddha or with meditation, and this transmits into this egalitarian culture in a very weird way. Mm-hmm. And it's being translated as, as if the Westerners are not okay to speak about their uh, accomplishments or non-accomplishments. I, I, I must emphasize non-accomplishments should also be discussed. It's, it's the manure from which uh, further efforts must be construed, right? That's true, and you take something that was actually sort of like
2: hyper-secretive and super-hierarchical and authoritarian, which is essentially how it is in the uh, Eastern yeah. uh, traditions, and somehow it translates to the exact same rela- uh, reaction and uh, you know set of taboos in a culture that theoretically is all egalitarian mm. and open, when in fact the, yeah, but, uh, well, yeah it's, the theory yeah, being meaning, egalitarian but- and open… Ends up being yeah. the same sort yeah. of hyper secretive and authoritarian in a perverse right. kind of it's way. That's
1: right. It's a different context, a different culture, but the same taboo.
3: Mm, right. Interesting. That's getting into a really interesting kind of conversation. Where, where do you, Where do you think we could go with that? Because I, I'm wondering. My, the main question I'm thinking is how do a group of people who want to be open about what they've experienced or want to be open, uh, even if they haven't experienced a lot, want to be open about it being possible. I'll just give one example from my own experience. I was on a three-month uh, retreat at IMS, Insight Meditation Society in Massachusetts, and I was kind of joking, but kind of being serious with the guy that I was doing work with before the retreat started. And I said, I said, so, you know, I plan on getting enlightened while we're doing uh, dishes. And I was kind of joking, but I was also feeling him out. And he, he was there for the three-month retreat and he said, oh, enlightened, you know, I, I, you know, I at some point I thought that might've been for me, but, You know, no, I I don't know about enlightenment. I don't know if that's that's what I'm, you know, going to do here. And I was like, and I I wanted to kind of take him on a little bit, challenge him and be like, well, why are you here? You know, he was just out of school and, you know, had three months. Like, why else would he be there? So how do we, Mm -hmm. you know, how do I and how do other people that want to speak openly, how do you do it skillfully in an egalitarian community that really frowns upon that kind of thing? Do you have to just go and form your own community or do you just have to just get you know, kind of put on the cross, so to speak. <laughs> I think that being put up on a, on a cross and just being, you know,
2: sort of straightforward in everybody's face about it. I've, I've actually tried that approach in my uh, younger days and found it a complete disaster uh, that led to nothing useful. Um, and uh, so so take it from me. It's, it's you know, while I'm uh, way into openness about this stuff uh, with, you know, sane limit, because there are people for whom you're just going to appear to be a raving, you know, threatening lunatic at best, and uh, it's going to do nothing useful at all. And so while I am advocating openness, I'm advocating some sort of sane moderation in that. Um, but I think the real tragedy is the lack of leadership from the top. Both the Western teachers you know, who who do have, I think, the respect to pull it off and the uh, Eastern teachers who it's just not in their cultural makeup. I I think that the the real tragedy is the uh, Western teachers who just haven't been nearly open enough and straightforward about it in sort of grander uh, public context because they think that the uh, uh, widespread ridicule and uh, confusion that would likely uh, come from that uh, would simply not be worth it. But I will claim that a lot of these people really do have the clout and I think they, I actually have envisioned them all getting together sort of as a mass intervention, you know, and Jack Cornfield and Christopher Titmus or Christina Feldman or all these people getting together and just saying, look, this stuff can be done. Here's how you do it. Here's how we did it. And, uh, you know, it would be even fun if they could stand up with the, some of the people in the funny hats and strange robes and interesting um, trappings, you know, some of the Eastern teachers to get up there and actually all do it together I think it'd be a glorious breath of fresh air that is unlikely to occur anytime soon. But anyway, <laughs> my dream.
1: <laughs> yeah. Keep dreaming. No, in the meantime, in the, I was just, uh, yesterday or the day before, I was looking uh, a lecture of someone, uh, of someone uh, quite famous in America, explaining in the video that uh, uh, it, for Buddhist practice, uh, and this is like a, almost a precise quote, nothing needs to be believed and nothing needs to be rejected. I mean, What kind of introduction is that? Mm. You you see what I'm saying? Yeah, that's it's that's it's 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 like it's like it's like yeah, it's like going to the extreme of you know nothing needs to be done at all. Just you know breathe in, breathe out, and everything will be fine.
3: Do you think that works for some people, or is that just you know is that just preposterous for beginners to hear that kind of message?
2: I think there is the rare practitioner, and I mean extremely rare. For whom that sort of extremely stripped down, hyper-immediate, sort of non-conceptual, uh, just be with it teaching has some benefit. I think those people are incredibly rare and very unusual. Sort of like the, there's this uh, Tibetan concept of the sort of the three vehicles. You know, and I actually don't like the concept a lot, but I'll I'll throw it out here because it does sort of make a point. Where they talk about there are some people who it's best to start them out with, you know, very sort of physical techniques, very straightforward, Mm -hmm. concrete practices. And then there are people who can handle slightly, you know, more, you know, subtle or uh, seemingly complicated practices. And then there are people who you can just sort of give Zogchen instruction to straight off, just wide open, choiceless Awareness, and they're going to do fine. Mm-hmm. Um, the number of people for whom you can give those zokchen, you know, kinds of teachings to in the beginning who will do fine, I think, are incredibly small, but they do exist. And the problem it's is imagining it's that that they that those kinds of teachings that that uh, on a, on rare occasions can be applied to people in very special circumstances or people in very specific stages of practice where they've already done enough of the foundation stuff to get to a point. Where that kind of stuff is helpful for them to imagine that that works for the vast majority of people, I think is, is severe delusion. Mm-hmm. I think most people benefit far more from learning very simple, straightforward techniques, getting their concentration very strong, being put in what I'll call, sort of call a narrow box, like a narrow box of a course mm-hmm. curriculum, you know, or something like that, and told to do very specific things very well. The vast majority of people benefit far more from that because then they do get the foundation. Of uh, technique, they get the foundation of discipline. They get the foundation of strong concentration, and then they can turn that strong concentration onto penetrating the truth of things. And the vast majority of people do far better with that than they do with just some sort of vague, "Oh, it's all right. You're okay. Just be here and accept yourself, and it'll all be fine because you're perfect as you are." You know, and that kind of stuff just makes my
3: skin crawl. I just uh, hit the uh, the fourth stage of enlightenment right when you said that. (laughs) Nice. Thank you. (laughs) Great. Oh, cool! And Hokai, you are saying that's a pyramid. It... Yeah, it's a pyramid. Yeah, it's not a reverse pyramid. <laughs> right, 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 right. So, so it's not all the people aren't, you know, kind of wide open, ready for those kind of.
1: Uh... No, no. What Daniel said. This can be crucial instruction at some point.
3: Yeah, yeah. When
1: you at some plateau point, when you have uh, when, when you have a very strong momentum of your practice, mm-hmm. then it may for most people this works in this way. Then, when they have very strong momentum, then they need to relax with it as it is. And that could be a great instruction, but not that. Uh, I was watching that as an introduction to Buddhist meditation right, you know, for right. people who don't know anything. It's like a presentation of a political platform, which would say, uh, "We don't have a program, but if you vote for us, uh, we will probably represent you." <laughs> 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 Something like that.
3: Okay, nice, cool. I think yeah. uh, I think we're kind of uh, running. You know, close on time, so are there any other major points or suggestions that you guys want to...
1: We should say something about conceptuality, just briefly, I think. Okay, great. Uh, I think Daniel has a great great take on it. What type of concepts are important in the beginning? Please, Daniel. I think
2: the essential concepts are, first, the knowledge of basic instruction the knowledge of what it is you're actually supposed to be doing Mm -hmm. whatever technique that is you should know Oh, i am supposed to focus on the breath or i'm supposed to recite this mantra and i'm supposed to you know bring be able to bring my concentration to that whatever it is i think to not teach people basic knowledge of time-tested potent techniques that have worked you know for thousands of years is a real uh... disservice whatever tradition that is good insight tradition that you happen to find yourself in this the second point would be once people have the basic instructions of what they to do what to do. I think it's extremely important that people know what those things lead to step-by-step. And I think some sense of what's expected in terms of what you should be able to do in terms of how strong concentration should get, how you know that, what are the signs of that, what you should be able to perceive at that point, and then how you do something from that. So they, they do have something, you know, that's concrete and uh, that they can figure out, you know, how they're doing and and inspire them to move uh, further down the path is very important. And then knowledge of what these things lead to. I think realistic, uh, maps about where all these practices are going are very important, and other things I like are the stories. There are lots of great teaching stories out there and metaphors, and mm-hmm. you know, stories from people along the path and what kind of difficulties they ran into and how they overcome them. Mm-hmm. And uh, the realistic stories—I even really like the realistic stories about the life of the Buddha, where he had problems with his family and he had, you know, headaches and he had, you know, diarrhea and all these things that I like. I think those, those stories uh, can be really important. But the core things that I think it's a crime not to teach people are the basic techniques, what, those, what the stages of practice are and how to deal with those stages and how to know when you're making progress and a realistic set of maps of what practice actually leads to rather than all the fluffy dogma. Mm. Um, those are the things that I think if you're not teaching those, I don't know what it is you're teaching, but it's uh, not real
3: practice. Mm. And, that's, and collectively, that's what we call right view. Yeah,
2: right view and then right effort and mm. and uh, right mindfulness and right concentration and all those uh, right things.
3: <laughs> <laughs> nice. And Hokai, did you want to did you want to add anything to that? Did you want to maybe talk about uh, this... non-concepts like yeah, how yeah. people have the? Uh, I guess we've already done this, but pe- people oftentimes have the idea that concepts are bad with Buddhist practice it should be avoided. Yeah, at yeah, all costs. Well, yeah,
1: con- uh, concepts are terrible. Yeah, it's it's. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I think the issue between conceptual and non-conceptual is is, is a non-issue. Uh-huh. Uh, it's like it's like saying that it's like saying that uh, space and objects in space are in collision somehow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice one. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's it's. I, I don't know. I don't know who invented this problem. But obviously it was some, some extreme faction of, uh, of philosophers, mm-hmm. not of practitioners, I think, or maybe of practitioners who got stuck in, in some of those extremes. But basically, if you have a life, uh, if you have a life, you have conceptuality every day, so you better learn how to deal with conceptuality. you can't just dismiss it as illusion or as. As something non-existent, or even as even as an obstacle in practice, mm-hmm. uh, good constructive conceptuality can take you a very long way, uh, even within practice. Uh, so uh, these two shouldn't be put uh, put like 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 something that gets in way of each other, but instead should be understood as like you know like masculine and feminine, like two nice uh, like two nice wings of uh, of, of something that is designed to be balanced Mm -hmm. apart from of course uh, as daniel said apart from having the basic concepts in 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 place holding some very basic right views uh, one should uh, check those views from time to time with one's uh, experience with one's practice that practice and experience will for a while also be conceptual Let's not fool ourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, meditation rarely rarely uh, goes uh, so deep that it becomes completely non-conceptual. And also, when you come out of that meditation, uh, it's not non-conceptual. Again, you have to interpret your experience. So, there is the conceptuality again. So, basically, I believe that uh, whatever your lineage is... You have to find some way to keep conceptuality and the non conceptuality in harmony.
2: Mm. Yeah, I would, I completely agree. I would add to that that as concepts are clearly occurring now in the mind, they must, uh, demonstrate the nature of ultimate reality as if they can arise they must uh, be as ultimate as anything and must demonstrate however you want to you know explain the universal characteristics they must be empty by definition if they're arising according to standard buddhist theory which just happens to be true they must be impermanent problem is actually the misperception of them if you are not able in real time to see concepts as experiences but instead are lost in their content then that can cause trouble yeah. but when people begin to notice a concept as a concept meaning as an experience that has experiential qualities and notice that they arise and vanish on their own mm-hmm. um as thoughts have always done then once they begin to notice that and perceive that directly then they can see ah concepts arise concepts are not the problem it's my misperception of concepts uh that might uh, need uh, some more refinement mm. um and uh, so that people can properly uh, perceive thoughts to just be part of the experience, field rising and vanishing as they've always done, empty as they have always been, and uh, see them truly as they are, thus using them as one more uh, source of wisdom, both in terms, hopefully, of their helpful content and also once one sees the true nature of their experience. Mm, Nice.
1: Great. Great. This is very nice. (laughs) Yeah.
3: (laughs) Great. Well, thank you. I really appreciate you guys um, taking some time out of your day and and all three of us having this conversation this has been really been really interesting hopefully people will get value out of this and and use what we've talked about to make uh, real and actual progress in their practices that's my hope
0: this has been a presentation of BuddhistGeeks.com, copyright 2007 music in this podcast provided by sea for chaos for more great music and writing, visit his blog at www.cforchaos.com.
3: Join us for the 4th Annual Buddhist Geeks Conference, hosted in partnership with Mindful Cyborgs and Shambhala Sun from October 16th through the 19th in beautiful Boulder, Colorado. This year's conference will be exploring the convergence of Buddhism with modern culture and technology through informative keynote presentations, idea-packed TED-style talks, self-organizing community dialogues, and contemplative workshops and practice periods. This year's list of presenters includes the world's most quantified man, Chris Dancy, Abbot of the Village Zendo, New York City, Roshi Pat Enkyo O'Hara, and Pragmatic Dharma Provocateur Daniel Ingram, as well as many others. For more information and to register, visit slash conference. After nearly a year in private beta, the Buddhist Geeks Network is now open for any independent practitioners